I wanted to uh, get into a, a couple of more emails here. Here we go. Email. We get email. We get your email every day. Here's your mail today. You can drop me an email anytime. Greg.Belfridge at KELO.com. Greg.Belfridge at KELO.com. Claudia said... That she had a brand new 1987 Mazda pickup. She loved hers too, she says. <laughs> Claudia, thanks for the note. And then I received one from Scott who said, We just bought a new car. Looked for a used car for months. The deciding factor was 1.9% dealer financed. Instead of 9.9% for a bank-financed used car, he said, plus the new car warranty, three years free oil changes, he says. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for the email. He said some nice things as well. I appreciate it, Scott. I hope all of you know I value you guys very, very much, too. So I love hearing from you. Thank you so much for your emails. So let's uh, jump into uh, some of the big stories here as we wind out another week on the Greg Belfred Show. The authorities today, we likely will be learning more about what happened at the with that shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs parade. And what authorities are saying now was that it was a private matter between two people. It was a private matter happened to, you know, escalate then at the parade, but they did not, it was not planned that they were going to go to the parade and and do this. So of the three suspects, two of them are juveniles, according to the Kansas City Chief of Police. And she said it appeared to be a dispute between several people then that ended in gunfire. And So at this point, the department has 24 hours to either charge them or release them. I would expect we will see charges coming. They're trying to figure out what happened, what's going on, who did what. So they're in the midst of gathering all that evidence. Likely we will will know more, I would think, coming up later today. So the, the chief said, we're working to determine the involvement of others. And it should be noted we have recovered several firearms. This incident is still an active investigation. So 22 people were wounded, including nine children. And as I told you yesterday, a uh, Lisa Lopez Galvin was killed, 43 years old, mother of two kids. Really, really sad what we saw unfold. So nobody charged yet, but I expect that that will change. Also, the video is out, or I should say uh, video in which you can see. I was telling you about an incident yesterday. The One of the men who stepped in and stopped, one, somebody who was a suspect, and there's video of that now, and you can see it. You can see that happen. It's from a bit of a distance, but you can still see it. So that video was out there. 
and uh, we'll see what happens. I expect that, as I said, you've got to believe that we'll be learning more later today. We will also see Fannie Willis uh, back up on the stand today. The Fulton County DA, um, as I was saying last hour, I really believe the wheels the wheels are coming off. The wheels are coming off. So that continues today. I want to touch on some other stories that we haven't gotten to. There's a piece by Jonathan Turnley. He's a constitutional law professor at George Washington University. And Turnley, again, he's an old school liberal. But when it comes to issues of law, he's somebody I greatly respect. And Turley's got a piece at the New York Post today talking about the president's comments going after Robert Herr and remember the the president went out and I talked about this at length yesterday that NBC News has claimed um, it wasn't the special counsel it was not Robert Herr who brought up Bo Biden, it was the president who brought it up. Made a big point of telling you that a number of times yesterday. Because the state media doesn't. So because the news media doesn't do their job, when it comes to some issues, I feel like, okay, I got to go overboard in making sure that you heard that, that you are aware of that. Because they're certainly not telling you. So here's Jonathan Turley. Again, you can find this piece at the New York Post. And Turley said, you know, one of the key inscripted moments the other day was when Biden angrily denouncing her for raising his son's death. And he says many in the media eagerly replayed the clip the next day, calling her question outrageous, callous, and unprofessional. But NBC reports it wasn't her, but Biden himself who raised Bo Biden's death. And Turley says, you know, if true, this isn't something the White House can simply fix with a few rewrites. And he said, while we await the spin, the report indicates the president is either mentally diminished, or openly deceptive in such moments. The latter seems most likely. I agree. I, I, I have the feeling that the president was being openly deceptive because he's used to that. He knows that. That's what he does all the time. He's used to, oh, that's, that, there's, he's not out on a, I mean, that's something he's really comfortable doing, being deceptive. So then he goes on to say, Biden clearly went to the podium intending to make this attack on her. That means his staff probably vetted it. And that wasn't the president's only false claim at the presser. He alleged the special counsel did not find willful retention of material and her uh, Turley says, yes, he did. 
He says her not only did so, but repeatedly said so in the report. Biden claimed he did not show classified material to third parties, but her says, yes, he did. And there was a witness that testified that Biden did. So, I mean, you've got to read this piece by Jonathan Turley. It's at the New York Post. Biden's outrageous spin on his special counsel lies could set him up for impeachment. That's the takeaway here of, again, Jonathan Turley, that Biden may have set him up himself up for impeachment with these lies that he was telling. And again, I, I think Turley's absolutely right. These were prepared remarks. That means the president's staff knew what he was going to say. They vetted it. They knew what it was. He went out and said it anyway. And NBC produced a couple of people who say, yeah, that's it. No. Her didn't bring up Bo Biden's death. Joe Biden did. So whether or not that's going to be fodder than um, for those who are seeking Biden's impeachment remains to be seen. Also, the um, the White House then earlier this week, um, as we talked about that, that Senate passed $95 billion aid package. We talked about that early in the week, last week. Here's the thing. The House now is left for recess. They're gone for a couple of weeks. They're gone. They've left for the recess. And so people at the White House are frothing. <laughs> They're foaming at the mouth that the House has not taken this issue up. Now, you and I would be up in arms if the House were to take this issue up. The Biden administration said, now again, I want to make sure you know what we're talking about. This is the $95 billion aid package that that passed in the Senate. And now the House gone for a couple of weeks. And so the Biden administration said, every day that Speaker Johnson causes our national security to deteriorate, oh, what a lot. I mean, I can't get through a sentence without wanting to double up in laughter. Or am I vomiting? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel, I, I feel an urge to do both. <laughs> Okay, back to the uh, White House statement. Every day that Speaker Johnson loses our national security to, or causes our national security to deteriorate, America loses. And every day he puts off a clean vote. Congressional Republican standing with the American people plunges. Running away for an early vacation only worsens both problems. This is Andrew Bates. See, uh, I think he's the uh, chief hack at the, certainly one of many, at the uh, White House. 
instead of ending his politicization of the of the country's safety, Speaker Johnson is cutting and running. And this just goes on. Uh, I don't know that I can share it all with you. Be honest. It's a joke. It's an absolute scam. That means, oh, they're frothing at the mouth. They're upset that the, you knew the House wasn't going to take it up. The Speaker Johnson said, don't do this. Don't do this. They did it anyway. Mitch McConnell and his allies and the Democrats and eh, they all they all did it anyway. Well, we're talking about the uh, president, the Department of Homeland Security, facing off against Texas attorneys in court yesterday, and they are taking Texas to court over the law making illegal boarding crossing an arrestable offense. And they now they're denying an invasion on the border. See, this is what happens all the time. You've got Alejandro Mayorkas, who has been out there. There's no invasion at the border. You know, there's no border crisis. The border is secure. How many times did he say the border is secure? The border is secure until here just recently when he started saying, well, it's the fault of Congress. It's the fault of Congress. They're they're the ones who are responsible for this. It's not us. It just makes me, again, seriously, this is like when you've got a child who is looking you in the eye and lying to your face about having done something. You know they did it. You saw them. Right? You saw your kid do it, and you confront them with it, and they'll look you in the eye. No, I didn't. No, I didn't do that. It's the same thing here. So now we've got the Biden administration trying to take Texas to court because this was the Texas bill that made it state crime to cross the border illegally, and the lawyers for the Department of Homeland Security are now parroting what Mayorkas had been saying. There's no invasion at the border. No, no, no invasion at the border. Yeah, tell that to the people of Texas. Tell that to, I mean, and beyond. Tell that to the Democrats in Chicago, as I reported to you earlier this week, the Democrats in Chicago who are saying, this has got to stop. What we see, the the number of, you know, illegal aliens that are coming in and resources that otherwise would go to Americans that are now being taken by folks who are in the country illegally, not Americans, You've got Democrats in Chicago and Illinois saying, stop, stop it. There's just, there's no indication that this administration will change on anything. Now, that's not a surprise to me. I don't think it is to many of you either. 
We talk about these things all the time. So we're very much aware of what the Biden administration is doing. We're very much aware of what's happening in Texas and beyond Illinois, even in this part of the world. It's having a national impact. It's So now here's the Biden administration, the Department of Homeland Security, taking Texas to court, trying to get a court to strike down that Texas bill, making it a state crime to cross the border illegally. You've got, I've got to hope that that winds up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, honestly. I've got to, I hope the U.S. Supreme Court settles that crap and we're done with it. I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen anytime soon. I'm just saying if, if we're wishing, um, that certainly would be my wish. I'm just sick to death of this kind of stuff. And, you know, and that's in South Dakota. We're not a border state. Can you imagine what it's like in some of these other communities? Just incredible. And I think that's part of the reason that we've got another poll um, that's not good for President Biden. Super Tuesday is getting close, only a couple of weeks away now. Monmouth University is out with a poll. 32% only, only 32% say that Joe Biden has the stamina for four more years. So most voters at 81 years old, voters think he's too old. We talked about this, and we've talked about it, and we've talked about this issue of age with these politicians. And in Biden's case, again, He's 81, Trump's 77, but the difference in mental acuity between the two is what keeps coming up. And you see that in this Monmouth University poll. It's the late. Now, again, this isn't new in terms of polls. We've seen a number of other polls, and they keep showing that same issue coming up over and over and over. But what do you see? The Biden the Biden administration just absolutely, you know, hides from it, denies it. So the latest poll results by Monmouth reveal a shift in voter confidence from the first time that the um, that Biden and Trump squared off in 2020. At that time, Biden held a seven point advantage over Trump. And now that's changed. Voters and people on both sides of the aisle have expressed increasing concern at the advanced ages of both major party candidates. While Biden and Trump, of course, are saying they're fit to hold office. And I think that that really is up to uh, voters to decide. Uh, The issue of mental acuity We do not age the same. And the mental acuity of the two men, just because they're close in age, again, Biden's 81, Trump's 77, 
just because they're close in age does not mean they're close in terms of mental acuity. And uh, I wanted to share that poll with you this morning. 